0: In this bulletin, Federal Parliamentary Committee recommends an independent process be established to handle truth-telling and treaty negotiations. Premier of Western Australia formally apologises to the state's Indigenous workers whose wages were stolen over 40 years ago. And Patrick Dodson, the father of reconciliation, announces his retirement. The Federal Parliamentary Committee has recommended an independent process be established to handle truth-telling and treaty negotiations with Indigenous Australians. It's one of six recommendations from the group, which also includes endorsing and implementing the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. Indigenous Senator Lydia Thorpe says what the committee is recommending represents the long-standing desire of Indigenous Australians. Since the day this country was colonised we've been calling for this and that these processes need to be pursued immediately. Their compatibility and indeed complementary and beneficial effects of implementing the UNDRIP have been clearly outlined in the committee report and we cannot waste any more time in pursuing them alongside each other. The Premier of Western Australia has formally apologised to the state's Indigenous workers whose wages were stolen over almost 40 years ago. The stolen wages refers to a period where Aboriginal men and women were employed between 1936 and 1972, often for little or no wages. Premier Roger Cook says legislation and policies that were supposed to protect Aboriginal people resulted in hardship, exploitation and disadvantage he has described it as a shameful part of WA's history. The fact that this mistreatment existed for Aboriginal workers for decades is a blight on the legacy of successive governments. The fact that our laws facilitated these outcomes brings great shame. For that, we are sorry. The co-authors of a survey which tracked how people voted in the Indigenous Voice to Parliament referendum say a lack of political bipartisanship was the main reason it failed. The Australian National University study which surveyed 4,200 people has raised questions about why the proposal failed after 87% said they believed Indigenous people deserved a voice on key policies and political decisions. The study's co-authors say the principal factor was the diverging views of political leaders who voters look to for guidance. Professor of Politics Ian McAllister says overseas models like deliberative assemblies used in Ireland show how ordinary people can be consulted to build common ground ahead of a referendum. Not having bipartisanship and trying to bring people together to, to find what the common ground was, I think, was the key mistake. In previous referendums, there's been a constitutional convention held, and if you're going to change the rules of the game, then people basically have to agree on it. And from what I can see, there was no serious attempt to try and get common ground between the two major political parties. Labor Senator Patrick Dodson says the reconciliation work he has been dedicated to throughout his time as a senator must continue beyond his retirement. Known as the father of reconciliation for years of his Indigenous rights advocacy, Mr Dodson has announced he will step down as senator for Western Australia on the 26th of January due to poor health. Most recently, Mr Dodson served as the government's special envoy for reconciliation and implementation of the Uluru Statement from the Heart, which he was key in helping to design. He says advocacy for Indigenous rights and empowerment for First Nations people must continue. Well, the legacy of colonisation settlement is still there. You can huff and puff as much as you like about how we've benefited from it. But it's still there, it's a reality. Stolen generations, incarceration rates, all of these things are consequences of being destabilised and disrupted and displaced. Now, if we don't acknowledge that as the underpinning causes for why First Peoples are in the positions, in many cases, that they are in, because of the consequences of that, then we're simply going to have a legacy of welfareism being per- perpetrated. There has been a significant increase to the number of complaints made by Indigenous Australians to the nation's financial regulator. The Australian Financial Complaints Authority has identified a 13% increase in the number of concerns raised by First Nations people, mainly with regard to personal transaction accounts, personal loans and credit cards. AFCA says more than 1 in 10 complaints submitted by Indigenous people in the last financial year have been about financial hardship in comparison to 1 in 20 overall. Deputy Chief Ombudsman Dr June Smith says the fact that there are more than double the proportion of complaints about hardship among First Nations peoples is of great concern. Israel has freed 30 prisoners from their jails as part of a temporary ceasefire agreement with Hamas. The group are believed to be comprised of 15 women and 15 teenage males. Hamas in return has freed 12 more hostages, handing the 10 Israeli citizens and two foreign nationals to the Red Cross. As mediators gather in Qatar to negotiate an even longer extension to the truce, hundreds of family members of hostages still in Gaza have held a rally in front of a Kiré military base. 27-year-old Gali Lev says they want the Israeli government to ensure the remaining hostages are released. We want to um, pressure the government to release not only the children, also the children, but their parents who are still kidnapped. There are young people, there are young soldiers, um, people who are innocent were in this party and now they're kidnapped and we don't know if they're dead or alive. Um, We have to have them home as soon as possible. The Australian government agencies have become a growing target for cyber attacks with a report revealing attempts to steal official information have soared by more than 60%. The BlackBerry Global Threat Intelligence Report says criminals launched more than 84,500 attacks on Australian firms over three months, making the nation the eighth most popular target for cybercrime worldwide. It says ransomware attacks remain a common method of attack and many criminals try to extort businesses more than once by issuing a financial demand to unlock data and another to prevent the information being sold on the dark web. But public service attacks have also dramatically increased, rising from 30,000 between March and May to 48,000 between June and August. A new report has confirmed Australia spent billions of dollars on its COVID response at the height of the pandemic. Figures from the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare shows $48 billion was spent between 2019 and 2022, which made up 7.2% of the overall health budget. The startling figures have been published at the same time as a separate report that urges Australians to drastically improve vaccination rates as the virus continues to infect people around the country. The Grattan Institute report says the consequences of lower immunization rates are deadly because COVID is still with us, causing more deaths and putting more people in hospital than the flu. A leading cybersecurity and mobile computing expert says Optus still has a big role to play in rebuilding trust in itself after a mass outage that affected millions earlier this month. The government has appointed former Australian Communications and Media Authority boss Richard Bean to lead an inquiry into the outage with a report due back in February. The government probe is aimed at restoring confidence in the triple zero system and consumer telecommunications issues more broadly. But University of New South Wales computer science professor Salil Kahia says Optus and other companies will need to cooperate fully from now on to win back confidence. In the end, it's all about trust. Um, You want to trust, you want to establish some trust in the service providers. So if they're being upfront, if they're being genuine, uh, yes, I mean, things can go wrong. Uh, uh, Everyone is aware of that. But if you communicate that properly to the um, customer base, you provide a way for customers to sort of uh, seek some compensation uh, if there was genuine uh, impact on their businesses. I think that, that all helps. Wild storms have left thousands of homes in South Australia without power, downing trees and flooding streets across Adelaide. There have been hundreds of calls for assistance from the state's emergency services as rain gauges in part of the city record higher levels than usual falls through November. Conditions are easing in Adelaide, but the severe thunderstorms are forecast to extend into parts of eastern Australia. Jonathan Howe from the Bureau of Meteorology says they are expecting rough weather over the next few days. Rainfall will pick up from early Wednesday morning and there is the potential for six hourly totals of up to 150 millimetres leading to flash flooding and damaging winds in excess of 90 kilometres an hour, mostly along the coastal fringe south of around Maria Heads. And more broadly across eastern Australia, we are expecting widespread rain and storms in coming days, all the way from southern Queensland and into southern Victoria. To sport, in rugby union, New Zealand captain Sam Kane says the country's rugby officials should change a policy that prevents those playing their club rugby outside New Zealand from playing for the national team, the All Blacks. Kane's All black side recently lost the World Cup final to South Africa's national team, the Springboks, who do allow people playing club rugby overseas to still play for them. He says that shows it can be done successfully. A lot of the Springboks have shown the ability to play in the um, top league one and go back to Super. I'll go back to international rugby fairly quickly and, and get back and continue playing their best. So I think the challenge for us guys who are on the shorter-term deals who will be returning in the hope of playing international rugby again is that we play really well here. If we can do that, then maybe that conversation can be had at New Zealand Rugby. And now for a look at today's weather. Broome, mostly sunny 33. Perth, partly cloudy 25. Adelaide, also partly cloudy 24. Melbourne, rain 20. Hobart, a shower or two 17. Albury, Wodonga, rain, a possible storm 22. Canberra, showers and a possible storm 22. Wollongong, rain and a possible storm 24. Sydney, similar conditions 27. Newcastle, showers and a possible storm 28. Brisbane, a shower or two and a possible storm 30. Townsville, partly cloudy 33. Cairns, also partly cloudy 33. Alice Springs, a shower or two and a possible storm 32. Darwin, a possible shower or storm 34. And the Torres Strait Islands, partly cloudy 33. And that is NITV Radio News. Join the conversation on radio, online, and mobile. You're with NITV Radio.